Second Peter chapter 2, starting with verse 4 through verse 10. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. And delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous of they, self-will, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignity. And I want to speak to you from this thought today. Sodom had no Bible. Sodom had no Bible. Father, I praise you again today. I magnify your name, O God, again this morning, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to be with us. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us, O God. Give us wisdom. Give us knowledge and understanding, O God, in the areas that your word need to pierce, O God, in the darkness. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. In Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Sodom had no Bible. When we read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, we see how God destroyed these twin cities with fire because of their wickedness and sin. We see that when God told Abraham that he would destroy these two cities, Abraham began to reason with God about destroying the righteous with the wicked. He knew that God was a righteous judge and that God would not do such a thing. Maybe he, like Peter, felt that his nephew Lot was a righteous man, had been practicing righteousness matters and raising up a church in those cities, and been a great example and light to those in those cities and to his family and to others. But Abraham would find himself soon disappointed when he rose early in the morning and he began to see the smoke rising from the valley of Sodom and Gomorrah early in the morning. Some have speculated that the destruction of these twin cities were because of their homosexual practice. But the prophet Ezekiel sheds more light when he wrote to the church, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom. Pride, full of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and the needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good, Ezekiel sixteen forty-nine through verse 50. Notice how Ezekiel tell us, that the problem was with Sodom and Gomorrah. 
First, he told us that it was pride. We know that the scripture tells us that pride go before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Solomon also tells us that pride will bring a man low. He goes on and tells us these six things that the Lord hate, and seven is abomination. And the first on the list is pride. He goes on and tells us that only by pride comes contention. So we can see that pride is a devastating matter if we're not careful. The second thing he tells us that this city was full of bread. The land of Sodom was very fruitful before it was destroyed. It was somewhat, some commentary says, was like the city of Eden when God created the heavens and the earth. It was fruitful. It was multiplying. It was a garden, amen, that brought forth plentiful so that when there was great provisions in this city, amen, they had all kinds of sorts of food. They was lacking nothing, amen, but they did not consider that their blessing was being turned into something sinful. The Lord had blessed this city with much bread. They had everything they needed, uh, but they had allowed themselves to become intemperance and gluttonies uh, and overindulging and eating and drinking to excess uh, was beginning to take control of this city's life. It is as Jesus said in Luke 17, 28 and 30, likewise, as it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be. And the day when the Son of Man is revealed, Jesus says. Jesus relates uh, to this story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And he lets us know what was transpiring. They were full of bread. God had blessed them. They had overabundance. Uh, and he goes on and says, because of their abundance, they had also abundant ironness. Uh, they were lazy. They were slothful. There was indolence. She did nothing to strengthen or to help the poor. They felt like I got it made. They was kicked back. They was chilling. They was just doing their own thing. You see, they had everything. The city was prospering as one could think of, of a city that prospers. And Jesus says they was drinking and they was eating and they, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built somewhat like America. We are a great nation. We are flowing with milk and honey. We have abundance, uh, and because of this abundance, uh, we find ourselves uh, in idleness, uh, a laziness, and slothfulness, uh, and we're not strengthening uh, the poor and the needy. He goes on and said they were haughty, they were arrogant, they were conceited, they were snutty, amen, showing the disapproved contempt towards others, especially those uh, considered to be below a social class or status, uh, and they commit abominable to the Lord. Amen. Jude even chimes in from the book of Jude and uh, verse 7. He says, Ivan as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities about them in like matter, giving themselves over to fornication and going up the strange flesh uh, are set forth for an example.
people suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. And I ask myself, how did this happen? How did a city that was so blessed, how could a city overflowing with much bread, having everything that they need, lose it all? How could a city, amen, that knew and should have known what the righteous man inside of that city, how could they not have known? I tell you how Sodom had no Bible. Lot was a righteous man, Peter says. Notice, for that righteous man dwelt among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Notice, he did it. He sat there. No one else did it. He sat there. He vexed his soul from day to day. He saw. He heard. But he did nothing about it. He never preached one sermon of the coming of the Lord. You would have thought a righteous man would have zealed to reach down to the lost, to see the corruption and the abominable that was taking place in a city. But no, Lot did not do anything. He just sat there. He listened. He heard. And he taught nothing about God. And as far as we can tell, there was no mention of God from his lips anywhere. He just sat talking and taking in the filth from day to day. The Bible says every day, seven days of the week, he vexed himself. Pretty soon, if you sat and do nothing about the things of God, the world will close in on you, and you will begin to take on the matters and the ways of the world. As we begin to see how many are bound in sin because they don't know, we can sit and we can point the finger at the LGBT community, or we can share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have been called out. We have been empowered by the Holy Ghost to preach the gospel to the lost. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, if this gospel be hid, it is hid to them who are lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Lest the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. They are lost if they've never heard the gospel. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, 11, And such were some of you, but you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and of the Spirit of our God. you got your eyes open now, so you need to turn around. You need to reach for the lost. You need to consider others. You need to give a hand. You need to reach 
reach out. And Jude says, oh, some have compassion. Make a difference. Pulling them out of the fire. Hating even their garments. Spotted by the flesh. If they never open the book, they're going to be lost. If they never hear the plan of salvation, they're going to be lost. And God is going to require their blood at your and my hands. You see, Sodom had no Bible. They should have had a Bible because Lot was a righteous man, the Bible says. But for some reason, the righteous man Lot just sat there. When we find Lot, when the angels come to take him out, where is he at? He's sitting in the gate. In that time frame, when a man sat in the gate, that meant he was in leadership and in authority. He rendered decisions. He made directions for the city. And here's a righteous man. He is sitting in the gate when the angels come, making decisions. And as a result, the angels has got to pull him out. Amen. Lot was righteous only in name. Like so many that says they're apostolic. They're apostolic only in the title and the name. Because to be apostolic is to believe and conduct oneself as the apostles of Jesus Christ. They preach. They teach. They have a burden for the lost. It didn't bother them to die for Jesus Christ. But not today. If I disagree, I quit. Amen. If I disagree, I leave. But not the apostles. They stuck with it. The apostles of Jesus Christ was not just apostles in title only. They was apostles of the Lord, and they took it seriously, and they preached seriously. They turned their world upside down. Amen. But Lot, somehow, some way, he lost his righteousness in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. He found himself sitting, vexed from day to day, doing nothing at all to save his family, doing nothing at all to Pull others out of the fire, doing nothing at all. Lot has lost the zeal for the things of Almighty God. He had let the men of the city marry his daughters. He had sons. He had two younger daughters still at home. And he had a wife. And Lot was now in the city. But Lot and the city of Sodom had no Bible. When they came to get warning, that they will destroy the city. We see there's no urgency on Lot's behalf to get out of the place. He lingered, the Bible says. He lingered. He did not want to leave. He had become complacent. He had become content to where he was. The angels are saying, God is going to destroy this place. Get up and get out. But he lingered. He went to his son-in-laws, the Bible says. Uh, 
And he began to tell them that God was going to destroy the place. But to them, he sounded as one that was joking, mocking, and making fun. There was no urgency for his own family to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah. His own household was now lost. Unsaved loved ones was now lost. Lot's family lost. He lost his grandkids if he had any. He lost his nieces and his nephews because he had not preached one message. The difference between Lot and Noah, when God told Noah, I'm going to destroy the earth. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. Amen. But when Noah, a lot was told that God was going to destroy the earth, he lingered. He stayed. There's no indication that he tried to build anything to save his family. Amen. God said to Abraham, Abraham, if I find ten righteous, I will destroyed Abraham. If I find ten righteous, I'll leave the city. But Lot lost his Bible somewhere. Sodom had no Bible. A righteous man should be a Bible. He was a righteous man. God forbid that we ever be without the word of God hidden in our hearts. God forbid that we show up without our Bible. God forbid that we can't share truth with our families because we don't know what's in the book. God forbid that we are asked, what must I do to be saved? And we have no idea what it must be done to be saved. God forbid that every day I am must be not sitting idly by, but I must be reaching and preaching the gospel, not only for my life, but for my family's life. And for the lives of other families, God forbid that our families come to our house and we say we're apostolic, but we never share the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God forbid that anyone walks into our homes and don't see something that reveal about Jesus Christ and him crucified. Something should be on your wall. Something should be in your house. That says, uh, amen, you must be born again. There must be something when they leave your premises that they know they've been in the presence of Almighty God. There should be something there that they say there's something about this home. I feel something when I walked in here that I had never felt before. You should have an altar of prayer that they feel the power and the anointing of God. If you say you are a righteous man, if you say you are a righteous woman, then you must preach the truth of Almighty God. You must live the truth of Almighty God. Sodom was destroyed because they didn't have a Bible. Because if they'd have had a witness, if they'd have had someone to show them, someone might have got saved out of that city. But God wound up destroying the city because there was no Bible there. 
what will be our excuse? What is going to be America's excuse when God returns? Peter said in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. We have a responsibility to go preach the truth of the gospel, the unadulterated word of Almighty God. We're not going to be able to say, God, I didn't know, because we have a Bible. We're not going to be able to say, God, nobody never told me, because we got a Bible. Amen. And that Bible is us. You are the light of the world. You are a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Let your light shine. That men shall see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. But I say, Paul said, have they not heard? Yes, verily, the sound in Romans 10 went into all the earth and their words into the ends of the world. But I say did not Israel know. First Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy to them that are not a people. But by foolish nation, I will anger you. But Isaiah is very bold. And Romans 10, 18. But Isaiah is very bold and said, I was found of them that sought me not. I was made manifest unto them that ask not of me, but to Israel, he says, all day long I stretched up my hand unto a disobedient and gainsaying people. All day long they sat in Sodom, dancing in the streets, partying, drinking, buying, selling, marrying, and giving in marriage, and there's nothing about a preacher doing anything to try to pull them out of the fire. There's nothing there. Judah says, oh, some have compassion. Make a difference. We already got word through the word, through the book, that God is going to destroy this place. Jesus Christ says, it's not going to be by water. It's going to be by fire the next time. We've already got the warning that the earth is going to be destroyed. Are we building a house? Are we building a temple? Are we building a church? Are we preparing our families? Are we saving our families? Are we excited about showing the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Sodom had no Bible. God forbid that we say that we're righteous. And save nobody. I know God saves people. But they got to hear the word of God. Our families has got to hear the word of God. Every opportunity that we get. If our grandkids walk in our house, they need to hear the word of God. If our children walk in our house, they need to hear the word of God. If visitors come to our house, they need to hear the word of God. Something. They should know that they've been in the presence. But not Lot. Righteous man. Family messed up. That's a shame. That's totally a shame. 
that a righteous man's family is lost? A preacher of righteousness? Family is lost? His family is so messed up because of a lack of preaching and teaching the word of God that they don't even want to leave the city. They're given warning. I truly believe when he went out there and told them, because the angel told him, you got family, go get them and get them out of here. He says, God is going to destroy the place. And he goes out and he says to them, get up, get out of this place. God is going to destroy it. And the Bible says, he sounded as one that was making fun, joking. There's, he's so, so, so messed up. And they're so messed up, he lingers. Look at the perversion that is attached to him. The men of the city wants to commit homosexual acts with the men that came. And Lot says to them, notice what he called them, brother, Don't do this evil deed. He says, let me give you my daughters. What perversion. What corrupt mind. A righteous man. And I'm going to give you my daughters to do what you want to with them. There is absolutely no way. You take my daughters. You do whatever you want. He's messed up. Why? Because he sat there day by day and vexed his soul with their unrighteous deeds. Day by day doing nothing to try to save his family. Nothing, I read, to try to change the atmosphere. By all accounts... He supported everything they were doing wrong. And when you do that, that's exactly what you're going to get when God comes. And not only is this disheartened, but his two young daughters, after the angel pulls him out, they got to pull him out. Amen. They had to take him by the hand, grab them by the hand. They said, we can't destroy the place until we get you out of here. So they had to pull him out, and he's still compromising. They says, get to this place. He says, no, let me go here. And he gets into Zor. His wife has already looked back after they was told not to look back. She looks back, and she becomes a pillar of salt. And now it's just Lot and his two young daughters. Lot goes into Zor, but he's afraid to stay in Zor, and so he goes into a cave. And while he's in the cave, it's here that one daughter says to the other, there's no man 
to come into us that we may have children. They says, let's get dad drunk. And let's have sex with him and let's birth children through him. And that's what they did. The older one, they got him drunk. Because Noah was now, I meant Lot, excuse me, was a little older. They made him drunk, drink wine, and they got him drunk. And the first one slept with him the first night. And she said to the next one, I did it last night, so you do it tonight. And as a result, she slept with him. And both of these girls are pregnant by their dad, by incest. And they birthed two children, Ammon and Moab, that Israel would later on have to deal with as the enemies of the church. And God would wind up having destroyed them. As you question, where do two young girls learn such foolishness of how to get their father drunk? Where does two young girls learn how to have sex? Where do they get it from? They got it from their father because he sat there and he did nothing. He vexed himself day by day watching and seeing all the corruption and the evil that was there. They was able to see all the evil that was transpiring in that city. And they knew what it took to get a person drunk. They knew what it took to build children. All because Sodom did not have a Bible. If Lord would have been preaching when the angel said, get up and get out, he would have fled out. Paul says, flee you for us, which war against the soul. But no, they stayed there. They was watching X-rated movies. They was watching PG movies in the home. They was watching R-rated movies in the home. They was watching sex on television. They was watching sex in the movies. They was looking at all this filth around them, and it become accustomed to them. They saw the perversion. They saw the homosexual activities. They saw everything that was corrupt in the city, and it took it upon them. But you, my brothers, and you, my sisters, you have real one. We must not allow this uncorrupt generation to come into us. As Paul and Peter said, save yourselves from this untowards generation. We must preach truth. We must live truth. We must not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. That is the power of God to salvation to everyone that believe, to the Jew and also to the Greek. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean things, and I will receive ye to myself, and ye shall be my sons and my daughters, having these promises dearly beloved. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, and perfect holiness and the fear of Almighty God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you must love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words I command you must be hidden in your heart. And you must teach them diligently unto your children. You must talk about him when you're in the house, when you're in the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. 
You write it as front as before your eyes, on your hands, on your doorposts, on your gateposts. And when you come into the city that God swore to your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you goodly cities that you did not plant, build, houses built that you did not build, and wells dig that you did not dig, and vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, and you get full, be careful. The Bible says that you do not forget God. Sodom had no Bible. Should have. The righteous man was there. He was there. God forbid that lacrosse perish because we're not Bibles. God forbid that our homes are destroyed. Our families are lost. Our children, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephew are lost because we are not Bibles. Paul says, you are an epistle, known and read by all men. That makes you a Bible. So what are they reading? What are your children reading? What is your family reading? Don't give up. Sometimes you might be put to the task. You might be try to be drawn away. Amen. But you stand firm on the truth. As Jesus says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Two cities destroyed because they had no Bible. Let's stand this morning. So I ask you a question. Who are you going to be? Lot or Noah? Hebrews 11 in the faith chapter says, Nor built the house, built an ark to the saving of his household. 100 years. Did you know? God told him. It was 100 years prior that he told him he was going to destroy it. Noah was 500 years old when God told him that. And when he went inside of the ark, he was 600. He had 100 years to build it. And you know what Peter said about that? He says, eight souls were saved by water. Wherefore, baptism doth now also save us. Not to put away the filth of the flesh, but it is an answer of a good conscience towards God. Who's gone into heaven reserved for us. So you got to build. I don't know when he's coming. All I know he says he's going to destroy the place. So while I have a chance, I got to build. I got to build. I got to consider my family. I got to consider the church. I got to see how many people I can get in my boat. Amen. If all those animals in that boat with Noah would have represented people, Think how many people he'd have, he'd have saved. That's what they represent is people in the ark represent Jesus. You know, he built an ark. He built on the foundation of God, not locked. He just sat there. 
day by day, vexing his soul, trying to pull nobody up, not him trying to save his own family. That's sad. What does a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? And what would he give in exchange for his soul? Maybe you're here today. Amen. I want to encourage you. I really want to encourage you. Amen. Consider your ways. Consider what you're doing. Amen. This world is not our home. <laughs> we're just here temporarily. And we're moving out after that. Amen. So we need to be ready. Amen. So if you want Jesus to use you, amen, I want you to talk to him. Talk to him. Maybe, you, maybe you've been a little lackadaisical. Maybe you've been a little slack. No, talk to God. Go back. Go back to the old landmark. Go back. See, the altar is the old landmark. Go back to that old landmark and, and get a fresh start. You know, why you got a chance and purpose in your heart uh, that I'm going to make a difference in someone else's life. Amen. I'm going to make a difference in my life, <laughs> first of all, because if I don't save me, I can't save anybody else. And then purpose, I'm going to reach my family. I'm going to do everything I can to pull them out of the fire. I'm not going to compromise with them. I'm not going to compromise with their wrong. But I'm going to stand firm on truth and the ways of Almighty God. Amen. Because that's only what will deliver them. If you compromise with them, they'll never come out. They'll think you're joking. They won't take you serious. But if you stand firm, I guarantee you'll see a difference. They will know what you believe in, what you stand for. Amen. And you never know when they're going to come out from the darkness into the marvelous light. Amen. Praise God. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for